Welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian Yordanov here. Today's guest is Serena Faith Masterson. She was raised in a satanic cult and subjected from infancy, infancy to covert mind control experiments aimed at splitting her identity. She developed over 300 unique personalities in her courageous fight to stay sane and alive. In her 40s, unaware of how different she was, losing her children to foster care, and desperate to bring them back home again, she embarked on a program of self-healing with Norma Delaney, who was an energy facilitator in partnership with Spirit, helped Serena discover unconditional love for the first time. With Norma's infinite compassion, combined with her unending commitment, she taught Serena how to love herself unconditionally. And we're going to talk about her story and her, her book, her memoir. And uh, Serena, thanks for joining us today. I am honored to be here and excited. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you have quite the story. I'm not sure if for me, it, if excited is the right word. So let's let's start with your story because it's it's very touching. Can you maybe start where, wherever you think is sure. the most logical place to start? Sure. So when you read, she had over 300 unique personalities. I'll start there. Yeah. So, Imagine you're in an auditorium with 327 people, all sizes, shapes, male, female. That level of distinction, separateness is what I lived with every single day of my life into my 50s. I knew nothing else. I had lived such a life, a nightmare that was 24-7. It affected every area of my life moving, eating, relationships, breathing, sleeping, nothing was left to chance. So the government had created a program called MKUltra in 1953. They approached my father, who was the head of a family genealogy, satanic cult that had been multi-generational, and they asked him if he would give his children to this program. My father suggests. That meant they were going to combine the modalities of the satanic cult mind control program with that of the governments. At three days old, when I came home from the hospital, my journey began. I don't like to go into the darkness of it because it's unnecessary. I died 15 times. My heart stopped. And each time my soul said no. I'm choosing to live, I'm choosing to stay sane, and I'm choosing that my body stay healthy. Profound choice. That choice literally was like parting the Red Sea. It moved out before me so that no matter what they threw at me, government, cult, I was able to stay alive and sane. I did not have any awareness that I was not a person like everybody else. I did not know that I was like a robot with parts moving in to do a job and then switching back out. Literally, through hand signals, words, commands, whatever, you know, experiences in life, 
that aspect or personality would move to the front, do its job, then move back. Norma and I, when we met in March of 1996, neither of us knew the level of dissociative consciousness that I lived in. Neither of us knew that there was 327 distinct personalities. What we both knew was that something horrific had happened to me. I had been in a hospital for eight straight months, lost my boys to foster care, and worked my tail off with this hospital program for almost five years, and was no better, no closer to getting my boys out of foster care. And that's when I began to hear this quiet, still voice say, there's something more. And so I connected with Norma Delaney through a series of events that brought us together. And she began to love me, meet me wherever I was at. And for over the next 20 years, she committed her life her energy, her very beingness to me, and to this commitment to bring me out of the, hell, the, the bowels of hell. So she had made a soul contract with me before I was born because the choice I had made was so huge that those on the other side, like Yeshua and Kuan Yin, there's Kuan Yin, and many other light beings and the archangels all said, we don't think you're going to make it through this choice. It's huge. You will probably get lost in the darkness so much that you will make it worse instead of better. But the passion for me to awaken to the game of duality, of the reality that fear is not real, was huge. I'd already lived over 300 lives on this planet, and each time I had gotten lost, so three different souls committed to this journey with me. One was my birth mother. Her job was to keep me alive no matter what, which meant that she had to torture me and hurt me to get me so tough, so dissociated that I would survive anything. Norma's commitment to me was to bring me out of the bowels of hell. And then Tanya Castillo, who lives in Portugal, was her commitment was to finish what Norma could not because part of Norma's commitment to me was to die in my presence so that I could see what normal death was because being reared in a satanic cult, I had seen death, experienced death in abhorrent ways. So Norma and her love for me was willing to even have cancer and show me that even when she was in the midst of pain and dying, her eyes still sparkled with love. She was still there, present. So this journey has been a profound experience beyond what people can even imagine. So what do you think was the purpose of, of, of these uh, the, the, this program and what you got entangled with? Was it just pure evil? Was there some other purpose behind it? Oh, it's evil. It's the energy of fear so condensed. The intent of the government was to find a way through the mind to control a human being completely. 
without any shadow of a doubt. That was their intent. It involved 2 million Americans and Canadians. And I was one of them, as was my sister. 2 million. 2 million. They went to universities, prisons, satanic cults. Now, of course, they didn't tell the prisons and the universities the truth of what they were doing. So many people were impacted. If you Google MKUltra on the internet, you will find many different articles on it, how many different people have been affected. Most are so mentally unstable, wounded yeah. human beings. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I've know, I've known about MKUltra for years and I've interviewed people about it, but I didn't realize it was 2 million people that were affected by that's insane yes but in reality when you look at our our culture today most major governments i'm not going to say all because i can't say all i don't know but they all have the same intent we want to control the masses we want to make things go in a certain direction they are not interested in the freedom of the individual And so that is the truth of our planet, the duality of good and bad, right and wrong, evil, love and fear. And when you start to wake up to the truth of what this planet is about, you come out of the reaction of it because you have already at that point been working with a depth of commitment of I choose to love me. I choose to awaken to truth. I am not a victim. I am a creator. I chose my parents. I chose my life. So when I work with my clients, I teach them, you know, it's like you've come to the playground and you play in the sandbox. You go down the jungle gym, the slide. You play on the different pieces of equipment for your life journey. Can you come out of judgment into the compassion of you? So the key for me was that Norma started to teach me the breath from our second session on. She said, you are so hysterical and out of your body. I want to teach you how to breathe. She didn't talk about conscious, compassionate breath. She knew that I was nowhere near available for that kind of conscious choice but she did know that the level of anxiety I lived in that was perpetual with PTSD and you know depression and all that that the breath would help me what I found was interesting was 10 years in psychotherapy not one doctor not one therapist said let's breathe this breath is what I teach people all over the world to do for it is the keys to the kingdom of them. Ten years of psychotherapy, Jesus. I mean, did did they put you on medications? Oh yeah, clonopin, Prozac, Ambien. Yep. Jesus, so that that stuff is much more likely to make you worse than to actually help you as well. Yep. About five months months in working with Norma. I said, I need to come off this medication. And she said, I will honor your choice. I need you to talk to the doctor because I was still connected to the doctor in the hospital program at that point because my intent was to get my boys back 
and I had to stay connected to them. And so Norma became willing to talk to me as many times during the day as she needed to, to help me stabilize, help me come out of panic and terror. And so at five months, I stopped taking the medication completely. I didn't dwindle down. I just said, I'm done. But everything has always been led by this knowingness within me that said, this is the next step. You know, yeah. because I don't believe in medication. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been reading into these SSRIs a little bit more recently, and it's just, it's just, um, it's evil what they're doing because they've known for decades, probably, probably before the MKUltra experiments even started, they knew the role of serotonin and what it's doing in the body. Oh, absolutely. They knew in the 30s. Yeah. In the 20s. Absolutely. There is, you know, this planet is called the Great Experiment. Did you know that? I've heard that being said, but, uh, well, it's called, who who is calling it that? The other side. And what do you mean by the other side? The enlightened beings. So when we pass, we move to the other side. We are part of this choice. Okay. So there are many planets populated. Each planet has its template, its blueprint of how it operates and what it does. This planet, its choice was to open the gates and allow a, a soul to come into physical form to create in absolute darkness or absolute light. So when Yeshua, Jesus said, do not look to me for you can do this and more, that was the motto of my life. So this great experiment was, can we create a planet that allows a soul to manifest in physical form everything that they choose so that they can become fully the energy, the vibration of God, the divinity, of truth of who they are, not with some barriers, some boundaries, some shutdown parts, but total, absolute openness. So we as souls come in multiple times going, wow, I I don't think I like this, or oh yeah, I really like this. And so each one of us gets to choose. There is no judgment of good or bad, right or wrong. That is the human morality. There isn't, or I wouldn't be sitting here today. I was wrapped in compassionate love from the time I started this journey to the time I discovered what I had actually lived. Every breath, every moment. This breath that I practiced allowed me to sit in every experience that I had this lifetime and all the other lifetimes holding a space of conscious compassion as I breathed without one hiccup of, I wish it were different. I wish it hadn't happened because if that was there, then it could not authentically integrate into the greatness of me. So, so in that view of the things we, we're, whatever happens to us in our life, we've chosen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are the creators. Now, a lot of people don't like that because they don't want to say, you mean to tell me my dad 
having sex with me when I was a kid was my choice? No. And they'd rather stay in the energy of victim. Now, I have no issue with that. I understand that. But my passion to wake up was so massive that it literally, literally allowed me to die 15 times and come back. It allowed me to stay alive in the face of such brutality. My knowingness allowed me at five years old sitting in an Episcopal church because my father in the 60s and the 50s had to fit in. And so he took us to church. And the priest one day said, and Yeshua said, do not look to me for you can do this and more. And it resonated throughout my whole body at five years old. And I knew, even though I was already so completely a multiple, that that was what my life was about. Now, there was no connectedness to it, but there was this knowingness, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do this lifetime. So uh, how did you get out of the, the situation? Did you escape uh, or was it just because the, the MK Ultra program ostensibly ended? How did you get out of it? When my soul said, I am done, they had no choice but to let me go. And that's about as far as I go into an explanation for both the cult. And the government. I got out of the government at 24 and I left the cult when I was 33. But it was it your own choice? Absolutely. The soul of me, I was done. I was done. You see, when the soul chooses and the human is in alignment of it, nothing chooses for me or you. So when I was in the cult and I was in such excruciating pain, most of the most of the personalities of me came into the meadow within and we all said it's time to leave now and we voted and that was the stamp of the human saying yes soul open the gate we are ready what so what do you think is the purpose of suffering in this realm well it's just a part it's the component it's like when you make a cake you cannot have cake without flour or sugar or whatever you know there are necessary ingredients to make a basic cake one of the basic ingredients on this planet is when you are living in the game of fear and the game of fear has abuser victim and savior the three role models mm -hmm. Those three roles that we as humans play keeps us stuck almost like in a chaotic hamster wheel. And we believe the stories that the mind tells us. And part of that is suffering. But you see, suffering, in all honesty, is a choice. Now, if you had said that to me when I was beginning my work with Norma, I would have gotten very angry. Because I was very much connected to how much pain I was in and what I had gone through. And it was a living nightmare. 
This that I say is not a casual statement. It was years and years and years, 37 years I've worked to heal. So it wasn't something I just came into. When I started to have memories that my father had raped me, in infancy all the way through my life, I was rage-filled. I was depressed. I was hurt. I was betrayed. I had the gamut of emotion. I had to move through those things. It wasn't like, oh, I chose it. No. Yeah. I had to be the real blood, physical human that said my father did this to me and Norma would hold me and rock me rock the children who had been starved who had been neglected and just loved breath by breath step by step this knowingness bubbled up inside of me because I breathed day in and day out. I breathed this conscious, compassionate breath. And the wisdom, the soul of me would say, okay, now we're going to look at this. And she'd take that much out of a humongous memory. She'd take just a piece out of it so that I could deal with it with Norma. It has been a profound journey. It has been the hardest thing. I can't even put into words the difficulty. If I did not have Norma right there with me, walking step by step, moment by moment. I mean, every morning, I would call her at six in the morning, seven in the morning, filled with terror. And she'd go, hello? I'd go, Norma! Norma, she goes, I'm right here, sweetie. I'm right here with you. Breathe. And you see, I could hear it in her voice. It resonated through her touching me. And I would know that the terror I was gripped in was not real. It was memory. I learned to put my arms around me. I learned to fall in love with me. What a profound journey. I learned to become human, for I was a robot. If you went like this, I switched. You touched my cheek, I switched. You said a certain key sentence, I switched. And that person, that personality, would come forward and do a job. That's very heavy stuff. Yes, but there is no satanic cult memories in my book. There is enough memory to lend credibility to what I experienced and why I was so fragmented and tortured. My book is called I Am Serena. It's in English, Romanian, Polish, Spanish and Italian, and being translated into other languages. My book touches people's hearts. It helps them on their journey of integration, of saying yes to their soul. And uh, so you also help uh, people that have had uh, some type of trauma or abuse in their past? 
everybody's had trauma. Nobody sure. gets to escape. Sure. The level of trauma, that's different. But yes, I mentor people all over the world, teaching them how to sit in the presence of whatever's happened to them, coming to grips with the truth, breathing this compassionate breath, teaching them how to deconstruct their belief systems that they learned, how to fall in love with themselves and have a new life. I also speak, you know, I do these shows, which I love. You know, I'm my passion is I will show anybody, teach anybody this breath who is interested. The thing is, it's not easy. I've had many clients months into their work with me look at me and go, I can't do it anymore, Serena. It's too hard. And I smile and I tell them I love them. I understand. You see, I don't get to choose for anyone. I don't get to choose for my three sons. I don't get to choose for anyone that I love that's in my life. I have to stand so still and honor everybody's journey. Because you see, there is no right way to live on this planet. You can stay in none as long as you want. You see, everybody's dissociative. Everybody has parts. You know, you hear people say, well, a part of me really wants to do this, but a part of me is afraid. Mm -hmm. That's multiplicity. Yeah. It's not like me, but it's multiplicity. This breath allows you to come into the physical body, into the divinity of you, down below your belly button to connect into the wisdom, the stillness, the solidness of who you are in truth. So imagine a time where maybe it only been three seconds, maybe a whole day, where you knew you were more than just this physical body, this mind that you live in all the time. And in that moment, you had this expansive conscious awareness of, wow. <laughs> and you had goosebumps all over your body. And you felt this knowingness. That's what you can have all the time. You see, this breath opens the door to your soul. You, the human, says, yes, soul, will you become a part of my life? Will you guide me? Will you fill me with compassion? Will you talk to me and let me connect and hear your voice? You see, my journey of connecting with my soul was so profound. Norma said, do you see something, sense something that was there for you? And I was very young very immature, even though I was in my 40s. And I said, yeah, it's way, way out there as I had my eyes closed. And she said, great, invited to come closer. And so I said, okay, come closer, come closer. And then I described it to her and I said, oh, there's this beautiful lady and she's in this light and she's got this long dress on and she's so beautiful. And Norma said, that's your fairy godmother. 
And she said, would you like to start talking to her? And I go, yeah. And so that began me, the human, saying, I'm opening the door to you, my soul. Now, I didn't know that was my soul. I believed she was an entity. And so began this journey of fairy godmother. Then I was asked to notice it was my own heart, which brought it into my body. And then Norma said, now let go of this child experience of heart to notice it's your soul and your soul and you are one. And so it was this gradual shift and transmutation into today, I know I am soul. There is no, (gasps) (laughs) you see, soul is as physical and as real as this. When I wake up in the morning with no makeup on, no jewelry, my hair standing on end, I'm still soul. If I'm taking a walk and I'm sweaty and all stinky, I'm still soul. You see, we, the sweet human, believes, oh, soul is so much better than the human. Absolutely not. And I had to let that belief glow. I got to discover the blessed, exquisite truth that from the day that I was born, I was soul human. I was divine. But because of the brilliance of this fragmentation that I moved into to stay alive, the soul had permission to run the show. She was the grand puppeteer, moving all the puppets, much like on The Sound of Music when, you know, Julia, not Julia Roberts, Julia Andrews, with all the kids in there moving the puppets, my soul was the one that moved all of the different personalities to the front of the body to keep me alive and sane and healthy. Isn't that profound, Christian? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like thinking about God as being up in heaven or somewhere out there. It's like, no, we are God. We are a part of God. So it's like saying you have a soul and where is your soul? Is it like in another dimension? Is it up in yeah. in the etheric plane or whatever, the astral plane? Well, if you are if you have a soul, you've got to be connected to it somehow. If you're connected, it kind of means you're one and the same. It, you're just maybe oh, absolutely. the 3D realities, we're a face or a, a side of this multidimensional being. Yes. So if you did not have the soul existing within you, for it is the actual energy of who you are, you would be dead. Period. End of report. Or an NPC. You would be dead. The body (laughs) would be dead. So the soul energy is so massive, so huge, that when you go to a concert, for instance, or you go to the grocery store or whatever, and you're walking down the aisles and you pass another person, your soul touches their soul and everybody's souls are intermingled because in truth we are not separate as individuals but as long as you want to believe that god or jesus or buddha or kuan yin are out there then you stay separate you see i am in the embodiment of yeshua and kuan yin i am the embodiment of norma because norma knew part of her commitment to me was I was so filled with dark energy by the time I met her. My body was vibrationally like a piece of wood. 
I was so shut down that the very first time we met, it's like she vibrationally took her hands and held my hands and she began to give me her energy. And she began to take my energy so that I began to feel the reality that there was something other than fear. So now I know. I mean, I have always taken it for granted that I can speak to people that have crossed and died. I've always done that. I can, I mean, the archangels came to me in 1992, just before I was diagnosed as a multiple personality. And they said to me, you will be a bridge for mankind. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Had no connection to it, was switching rampantly. And they said, you have made a choice that will affect all of humanity. You see this that I did this lifetime in 2015, Yeshua came to Norma and I and said, you have cracked the veil on man's unconsciousness. They will never return to the same place because of the work that you two have done. Wow. But you see, the reality is, Every single one of us, through every choice that we make, every thought that we have, we create. Whether it's conscious or unconscious, that is reality. That is part of this that is on this planet. And so the choice that Norma and I did day in and day out for over 20 years, the choice for me to stay alive no matter what, all of that had moved and created this bubble of conscious vibration that opened the veil. So when Heaven's Cross happened in March of 2023, this year, I was directly connected to that. Now, I don't say that from ego. I've been told that. What was that? It's called in, Heaven's Cross. Yeah, so, in March this year? Of this year. Mm -hmm. so what every, exactly is it? So... Every person, every soul that's being born from this time forward has greater consciousness of the truth of who they are. They are not gripped in the level of unconsciousness that you and I were born into. You see, when we came through the veil of unconsciousness and we landed in the body, we experienced a sense of separation from our soul. We experience ourselves as alone. You see, we've never been alone. This is why I'm so passionate to teach this breath because it's an invitation for your soul to come into your body in conscious choice for the human so that the human can begin to have a life that is fulfilling, joyous, balanced, profound. I am a living example of that. You see, with spirit, anything is possible. There is no limitation. I know that because I've lived it over and over and over again. The doctors told me, you probably will never heal. That was not an accepted uh, statement from them. Good thing that they're usually wrong about what they tell you, so. Yes, they are. Yes. So uh, yeah, I, I was um, <clears throat> I was interviewing somebody la earlier this year, 
that had researched the MK Ultra program quite quite uh, deeply, and um, I think he was saying something <clears throat> like a lot of people that have these abilities to talk to, let's say, entities or other other dimensions or beings in other dimensions, they seem to develop that as a result of being exposed to traumatic circumstances as a child so what do you think is why you think that that happens it's not a thing i know it absolutely so i'll give you my example why do you think that well because when you are when you come into a body as a baby and you cry that first cry (gasps) the soul starts to come in the soul is not in the body of the baby until the baby comes out of the mother okay Otherwise, it would cause too much chaos to have two souls living in one body. So as the baby cries and breathes, the soul comes in. But with extreme torture, neglect, all of that stuff, the human learns this is unfriendly. I don't like it. It hurts. It's cold. It's hungry. I don't have any interest in it. So I'm going to stay outside, have enough energy just to keep the body alive, but I'm going to live on the outside. So this was me. So for the first five years, I was not fed, touched. I was not, I was, it was, I was trained not to move my arms or my legs at one and two months old so that I would become eyes and mind that were activated without a body. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I didn't even have these memories of being trained not to move. I'd had memories of my father stepping on me when I started to crawl, but I had no memories of being tied in my little infant carrier down and having my hands and my legs slapped when I moved my arms and legs until the last two years. It was that big of an awareness. So I lived outside of the body in this other realm. So at two months old, I'm lying in my crib, starving. I'm so hungry. I've been left alone for hours and hours, crying and crying. And the moonlight is coming through the window, through the leaves of the bushes outside, and they're dancing on the wall. And I can still see it. And I move through the slats of the crib into the wall, And I discover, oh, this feels good. Because you see the vibration of a wall is almost non-existent. And so I learned to live in other people and inanimate objects. I learned to, in a sense, become a photocopier of things. So when you read my book, and I'm at three years old, and I have ants crawling all over me and the hysteria that I was in at three years old, I fixated my gaze, watched one of the ants crawl up my arm, and in that moment became the ant, which was the miracle of dissociation. And so that personality was born, and it was an ant. So this profound wisdom was always in charge. Because the intent was to stay alive and sane. But people that have been brutalized, they're not grounded in their body as a human being. You know, when a mother holds her baby and she's breastfeeding or giving them a bottle and 
her arms are around and she's cooing and she's looking into the baby's face and all of that. That is what brings the soul into the physicality, grounds it. There's a level of trust that is created from infancy that I never had. I never had trust. Thank God I had the three days in the hospital with the nurses before I was brought home. Thank God my mother in that first year when she still loved me so much would sneak and hold me, sneak and feed me when my father was at the military base. And then he'd come home and if he discovered that she had done any of those things, he would beat her horribly. So that's why I take it for granted the way I have always lived, thinking everybody lived that way. When I try to explain to people, no, in my book, when Toby, a little four-year-old boy in my system, my body is actually a four-year-old boy, even though it's 40-some years old and it's a woman's body, and he's running up and down the aisles of the store saying, to my sons, it was years and years and years before I finally could tell that that was my body and not a little boy running up and down the aisle. That's how dissociated I was. That's how disconnected I was from this physical body. Jesus Christ, that is heavy. That's why when I work with my clients, I was working with my one of my clients just the other day and she was having past life memory. And I said, no, no, now wait a minute. So can you see yourself walking down the road and how this happened and blow? And I, cause I can see it like it's a movie. I can see it so clearly. And I see all the different aspects of that lifetime that that client of mine was living. Or when a client goes, oh my God, this memory. And I go, I know, sweetie. Now stay with it because I see the whole memory. And I take, I, I didn't even realize until this year or last year, like, wow, that's pretty cool. Cause I just took it for granted. And one of my clients pointed it out to me and said, do you realize what you do? So, hmm. Yeah. That's wow. Wow. What, how do you think kar karma works uh, here on earth? Do you think people that perpetrate these things, get bad karma quote-unquote do you think they get punished in the next life or or in the next dimension how do you think that works karma is also a belief it's not so much karma but when you have an experience you create an energetic package and that package stays with you so if you haven't had a chance to bring that package of energy back into you for integration it stays connected to your energetic field. So we've called it karma, but in truth, it is just experiences that we bring in until we're able to say, oh, I'm done playing with this judgment here. I'm going to love this so completely that it can come home into me through breath. So I've done many past life healings for myself this lifetime because it was a choice to do it all. And they were very difficult. Some of them took years, especially one took years because of the level of judgment around it and the layers of what I had to understand and come to 
peace within myself. So when a person is creating massive darkness, that means those packages are going to stay connected to them even when they die. So it's not about being punished because that's good and bad and judgment. It's about this is what I created. So imagine yourself, and I want everybody in the audience that's listening to this to imagine themselves at three years old and they're racing through the house in utter joy, squealing and shouting. Their little body is bursting with so much emotional happiness that they don't even know what to do with it. And they run by their mother who grabs them and goes, oh my God, just be quiet for five minutes. And that little person goes, oh, and energetically steps out of the body. And in that moment, an aspect of memory is created, an aspect of personality is created. That shock, that feeling of, I did something bad, mommy's mad at me, stays there. Now, every human being has had those experiences because no parent is perfect. So if it happens occasionally, it doesn't affect the human that's growing up that deeply. Yes, they have some wounding, some heartaches, but they're still more authentically themselves. But if they experience that kind of anger, they have a lot of those packages of memories that the soul takes and wraps in dissociative energy because the little person has no cognitive maturity to go, wow, mom's having a rough day. It has nothing to do mm. with me. Yeah. But when you hit your 30s, sometimes your later 20s, you begin to notice that you have emotions just seem to come out of nowhere. You may have children at this point. You get triggered by your children's behavior. You might feel angry. You may feel driven inside to start using drugs, drink too much, whatever, because these packages are starting to bubble up. Part of the human experience for everybody. So this breath, if you know this, you can start to pay attention you know, why am I reacting to my child so? And sit down and breathe, close your eyes, and let you connect to the emotion that is locked inside of you. So that memory bubbles up. And if you can stay out of judgment, or you can go into discovery and go, oh, wow, look what happened to me. It has the chance to come home and no longer keep you gripped in pain. That's why I am who I am today. You see, I should never, ever have been in a place of joy and freedom, creatorship, divinity. I should still be a wounded, walking human being. Instead, I am alive. I love me unconditionally. And if I come up against something where I find judgment, I don't ignore it. I pay attention to it. You know, you, your voice actually sounds a little bit like Louise Hay. Have you ever listened to her? No. You, you know who I'm talking about, right? No. 
Hay House, you heard, you know that publisher? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. I know Hay House. Yeah. So so I think it was she created Louise Hay. She died a while ago, but uh, she also had some traumatic experiences, and she was doing a lot of really good work in terms of uh, affirmations, and she had a lot of audiobooks. So your your voice actually quite at times sounds quite similar to hers. I just copped that now. But um, t t t tell us more about the breath that you teach. Is it a specific methodology? Is it something you can learn okay. easily? So you can go to my website, IamSerena.net. I have 21 breath sessions there that are free. Anybody can listen to them. The key of this breath is it is an intentional breath that you bring in through your nose with your mouth shut. You bring the breath past the chest all the way down into the belly, below the belly button so that the belly will rise and fall with this breath. And as you exhale, you keep the mouth closed and you exhale and you feel your belly respond in kind. And it's this slow rhythmic breath so that you come into your body so deeply down, down into the core of you where your empowerment lives, where you are making the conscious choice to be in your body and in your life, no matter what appears in your life. This breath you can practice anytime, anywhere. I recommend people to practice at least two or three times a day where they lay down and they totally open and allow themselves to surrender into this breath. This breath is the conscious choice to bring the higher vibration of your soul energy into your body more and more and more. It is a profound breath. In the beginning when I practiced it for many years because I was so wounded, I would feel so itchy and anxious. My mind ran with multiple layers of thoughts. And I was always told, now don't resist the thoughts. Just focus with your breath. Keep feeling the breath in your physical body, Serena. Don't resist the itchiness or the discomfort in your body. Don't resist the thoughts. Just breathe. You see, this breath physically opens your body. It tells your body it's safe. It is a practice and a commitment to self that a lot of people don't like. It's a breath that says, I'm getting real. I'm choosing my life. You know, we as humans believe, well, if I'm doing this breath and I'm doing this work, everything should be wonderful. Well, the truth is this breath brings up the old energy for healing. It's not an easy journey. It's not all, oh, balloons and flowers. And, and I tell people that right up front. But if you're tired of living your life feeling that it, something is missing, if you're tired of existing, feeling like there could be so much more for you, but you have no idea what it is, then I invite you to start to do this breath practice. Again, my website is IamSerena.net. You can go there and purchase a session with me. I work with anyone with any type of trauma, bipolar, multiple personality disorder, 
severe PTSD, depression, self-mutilation, eating disorders. I've had it all. Mm. I've had every disorder that a human being can have. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe except the, the latest one that they invented, like fear of mathematics and stuff. But that's because they're only they're only a few years old, right? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. When yeah. the mind loves the mind loves a quick fix. So if you're on a diet for a week and you haven't lost twenty pounds, the mind genuinely is disappointed. Yeah. The mind can only create dreams from what it's already experienced. So it's limited. People don't like that idea. It is the soul that is unlimited. It is the brilliance of your wisdom that is profound your intuition is the knowingness outside of this so i teach people how to begin to discern their mind's voice from their authentic soul voice these are all the things that i teach people how to do breath by breath moment by moment fascinating absolutely fascinating so the Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to discuss, we, we, we know where to connect with you. I am Serena.net. We'll have the links down below. We talked about your book. It's on Amazon and all the uh, regular retailers of books. Is there any any parting words of, of wisdom or advice you'd like to leave us with? Close your eyes with me. Hear this. You have never been alone. Your soul loves you so much, more than any human that has ever loved you, more than what you can even imagine. Your soul is waiting for the opportunity to connect with you. Would you like that? All you have to do is choose yes. Oh soul, I don't hear you yet, but would you become a part of my life? I'll start doing this breath practice that Serena talks about. Will you show me how to live? All you have to do is say yes. It doesn't matter what the words are. You can connect to your heart and feel the authentic hunger for that more, you're on your way. Please don't judge yourself. It's such a waste of time. You see, every single soul that looks at their human is in awe of them. For it takes the biggest courage and bravery to be on this planet, especially at this time. It certainly seems like anybody incarnating right now has got a lot of cojones, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they are here on purpose. Yeah. On purpose. I believe Every so too. Every single one. I believe that we, we do come here and we know, we get a snippet of what it will be like. And based on that and the lessons and experiences contained therein we make the choice with uh with the help of the wise beings that guide us absolutely and you are never alone so if your mind says i'm so lonely and you have the emotion connected to it know that it's a lie 
because it is not the truth. You see, emotions are 100% memory. This is feeling. The more that you can become a human being that feels in every moment and does not live by emotions, the more you experience freedom. I also recently heard or read somebody said, if you can stand to be alone, yes. you're either a beast or a god. Yes. <laughs> I lived alone in this house for seven years by myself. And the only one I interacted with was Norma. Wow. That's how big my passion was to heal. Wow. Yes. Serena, thank you so much for sharing your story and wisdom an with our listeners. Thank you, Christian. Thank you so much.